Welcome to Elixir Talk, your quarantine-ready Elixir podcast. My name is Desmond Bowie, and I am here with Chris Bell. Hey, Desmond, how you doing? I'm under quarantine, Chris. How are you doing? <laughs> uh, much the same way, um, being in the epicenter of the virus right now. But uh, fortunately, nothing terrible has happened to anyone I know just yet. Um, and I hope it stays that way for a very long time. But yeah, it's a, it's a crazy situation, right? Yeah, it sure is. Uh, what's weird is that at some point, it, sometimes it feels very normal. Like you go outside and it's not like the sky is green or something. Um, although, although this is weird. So we went for a drive yesterday through LA at rush hour, which normally is yeah. not a drive. It's a park. You're right. But like, we just went, I mean, we were like videotaping the whole thing. This is me and my girlfriend and like, you know, the roads are empty. We're doing 70 on the highway. There's no one on it, you wow. know, going down Sunset Boulevard, Wilshire Boulevard, Rodeo Drive. I don't know if these streets mean anything to people outside of L.A., but let's just leave it that L.A. is famous for its traffic for a reason. And the traffic's gone and um, the air pollution is way down. Like, it's it's kind of nice. That's yeah. I mean, there's a nice perk there. Definitely. It's mm-hmm. it's. Weird how surreal it feels that this whole thing is happening, and uh, I hope every, I hope all of our listeners are okay. First of all, um, and I hope you're not too affected by what's going on at the moment. Um, please stay inside. Please wash your hands. Uh, I don't think you don't need us to tell you, but hopefully you're taking this as seriously as uh, you should be. So we're we're, we're kind of like seriously hunkered down over here in New York, but. I'm I'm working from home. I've got a good desk set up now. I'm not on my sofa, so that's quite nice. Mm-hmm. Um and that makes a big difference, you know? It's it's good to like figure out what your what your setup is and make sure you've got everything you need so you can try and regain some semblance of normal in this weird situation. Well, it's like you were saying that whatever is going on just becomes normal. Yeah. And it's been strange thinking that even in a best case, we're probably going to be like this for a couple of weeks and yeah. so you know you can't just have your ad hoc like i'm gonna sit on the couch like it kind of behooves you to put yeah. some work into setting up hunkering down getting a system together and getting comfortable with it yeah i um i actually went as far as to like order a good chair for sitting and working yeah. from so i i figured like this is not going to do me good over the long term especially if it's going to be a couple of months at the minimum and then who knows how long it's going to go for so did I ever tell you about an idea for a company that I had uh, probably 15 years ago? No. It was called It was called Comfortable Chairs. Okay. And the idea was that we would sell comfortable chairs. Great. And that's it. Because what's better than a comfortable <laughs> chair? You know? I, I feel like chairs that aren't comfortable are kind of not fit for purpose in some ways right exactly and yet somehow they proliferate on the market so we need to differentiate ourselves by saying no we don't mess with any of that crap you come to comfortable chairs you're gonna get a comfortable chair i mean it sells itself i did realize like that actually finding a chair that doesn't look like a ginormous office chair for your like home is actually kind of hard so maybe that's the niche that you could kind of sit in you know especially at the moment I mean, really, I think you could have a, a whole line of different chairs. And that would be the interesting thing is you could have these artsy chairs, these Victorian chairs, office chairs. But the one unifying thing, no matter what you got, you would know, I'm going to enjoy sitting in this chair. It's a comfortable ass chair. That's I, I like that. Yeah. Well, 
I mean, chairs aside, uh, <laughs> uh-huh. how are you? How are you doing? Are you? Are you like? What are you doing with all this spare time? How are you uh, coping? Spare, spare time. I mean, I've been working a lot. Uh, obviously, people need help with student loans in general. But in this climate, when folks are facing uncertainty about their employment, and in a lot of cases, have already lost their jobs. Uh, it's, you know, people are wondering how to pay off their student loans. And so we have renewed vigor in our purpose. I'll put it that way. And a couple of projects coming out that have been taking up a lot of my time. So it's been a lot of work. I mean, last week was a bit, a little touch and go, but now we have a plan to get a couple things out the door. So this week has been stacked. Um, the evenings are just a very little house in the prairie, which for you non-American listeners, uh, was a series of books written in the 19th century about people living on the frontier in America and how difficult their life was living without electricity and like getting bitten by rattlesnakes and so forth. And it's kind of a byword for living simply. So yeah, we're baking a lot of bread and, you know, doing a lot of food shopping. Nice. We, we're, we haven't yet started growing our own food, but that's around the corner. I think that'll be like a month from now or something, right? Well, like the thing that's is, when... If you want it, if you want the food a month from now, you have to start now or really. That's very true. Yeah, that's very astute of you, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I I mean, I'm sure everyone's like sick of talking about this and hearing about it. So um, hopefully we can provide you with some light relief during this time of pandemic. (laughs) What else are people going to do? They can't go outside. (laughs) They as well listen to podcasts. I just think it's funny that like so I had all this time but like I've, I've found it personally really hard to uh, especially like the first week of doing all this work from home and with everything going on I found it very hard to like find focus and figure out like and actually feel motivated to program it feels like um, very inconsequential at this moment you know um, and, yeah, and that's even with like the product that I'm working on, which kind of is tangentially related to healthcare and like helping people and things like that. But like, mm-hmm. even now, um, yeah, just found it difficult. And I've shared that kind of sentiment with quite a few people and, uh, and they have kind of expressed like they feel the same way. And that, um, you know, I think there's all this talk about like, oh, hustle, you can like, you know, Shakespeare wrote, I don't even know what book I think uh, what play I think it was like King Lear or something like when he was in quarantine like you could do that and I I think everyone just needs to take care of themselves right now you know like do what you've got to do if that's just sitting around on the couch like watching TV I think that's great you know Mm -hmm. practice practice self-care as much as possible so I mean I've enjoyed going to the park we have a park nearby we also have a beach nearby but the park is also kind of nice and nowadays when you go there like people are out i mean they keep their distance from each other but no one's on their phone right you know if you're at the park then you're there to kind of escape it and just be in nature and that's kind of fun to see yeah it's a, uh, yeah it's a really good point i guess like we're all so trapped and then going outside feels like such a good relief so yeah 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 kind of i i, I haven't actually left the house in many days right now so yeah <laughs> i'm looking forward to doing that soon sure and those are small houses in new york Oh, yes. So, uh, what's been happening in the Land of Elixir for Desmond? Land of Elixir. Uh, I've been doing a little bit of programming recently. um, But also, we've been having discussions on our team around naming. And I know that's everybody's favorite fun game to play uh, with programming in general. So, I want to 
talk specifically about how do we how do we name modules and uh the discussion came up uh do we have like deeply nested modules or do we just go with a flat uh a flat namespace a relatively flat namespace and i'm used to thinking well okay so we have uh this enrollment and then it has like events that happen on it and then these events have types and each of these is its own module and then each module has a couple of functions and Mm -hmm. then there's like the enrollments context and then there's the the borrower enrollments context and then there's the admin enrollments context and and so okay we put these things together the other day i'm in there trying to add a feature and i'm thinking where the hell does any of this stuff go like does it go in this thing does it go in that thing and i think part of part of my confusion uh, was because the app is still relatively young. Like these are not right. clearly defined concepts and boundaries. Uh, features very much in development, but it still seems. And so you know, maybe we you start simple and you grow into that. But it raised the the question of like, well, why not just put all this or much of it into one large context with a ton of functions? Like, is there a problem with having a very long file name like Gen Server that just does everything related to Gen Servers? So I want to pick your brain about this because I think there is a tendency to use a lot of modules and I have been doing this up till now. And now I'm kind of questioning, like, is this a, does this make sense? Like, is, am I just running into trouble because I'm prematurely trying to organize things mm. or would we be better served by not worrying about it so much and just having uh, fewer modules with tons of functions? Fewer modules with tons of functions. Okay. Uh, interesting. Very interesting. I I think the first thing is like my definition of module, and I'm curious to hear yours. I always say a module is just a grab bag of related functions. Um, and we're kind of lucky that we don't have to think about things like classes and methods and stuff like that in Elixir, right? We just have modules and functions and we can structure those functions inside of whatever modules we want. Um, obviously there's a slight bit more complexity there when we talk about structs, right? So we actually have this data type that is more meaningful. Um, and I, I would say like that, that is kind of outside of this, this module idea in some ways, um, where you might organize it, but, um, I don't know. I, I starting from that premise of a module is just a grab bag of functions that are related. It kind of makes me think that like, yeah, maybe it's okay to do more. I don't know if these are like more vertical namings, right? Rather than more horizontal or something. Cause like you have, you have this world of trying to, first of all, like context and trying to name everything around context sometimes feels really, really difficult, right? You end up with like trying to name something like, Oh, I have my accounts thing. And then some of this stuff goes here, but then some of this other stuff might go somewhere else. And I have a user here, but there's also like, I'm also like crossing the boundary of my context sometimes and things like that. And that, that can actually get quite complex pretty fast. Um, I, I don't know if I like the idea of extremely long modules with tons of functions in just pure for, from like pure, like kind of ergonomic and like working with that kind of length of file. I think that can be very, very difficult. Um, I, I think at points like, I, I, I don't, yeah, honestly, I don't have a good answer because I'm like, I've I've pretty much stuck to the same idea for like a really long time, which is like context inside of there. I have like my services and then I have my schemas, which are like just ecto schemas most of the time. Um, 
usually named in like a schemas folder. And that's typically how I've organized in the past. But yeah. What so why why do you think why do you think like having everything together is is that much better? Let's start with that. Because the uh the functions themselves are the same. It's kind of like, do I spread the mess out or do I consolidate it in one pile? Mm. And so now I know if I want anything to do with this one concept, then it kind of, it goes there. And again, maybe my issue is that I don't have as many concepts as I think I do. Uh, and I've been prematurely segregating them. I say I, I I'm speaking for like people on the team, right? whatever. Right. Um, but then it's like, you know, the module is, it's kind of, it's part of the function name, right? Mm-hmm. So um, something that annoys me is if you have like a module called user and then you have a function called get user. So then it's like user dot get user and it's like, or user dot get user type. And it's like, we already know we're dealing with users. Like you could just say user dot get type. So I think the module name in some sense is, uh, well, in, in a real sense is part of the function name. And uh, therefore, if you think of the function name as the whole, like the, the fully qualified name, um, then it's helpful to provide, uh, it adds color to what the thing is doing and what it's operating right. on and maybe what it returns. Mm-hmm. So in that sense, uh, you know, you could put that information in the module or in the module name or in the function name. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't. And then those functions could exist in a module together or something like wherever. Right, right, right. I get you. I so personally, I I really like the even if it's in a users module, I still like having the word like get user inside of that just to make it extremely explicit what it's doing. Well, there's extremely Um, explicit, and then there's redundant. Yeah, and it probably is redundant. I mean, like there is an argument if you imported those functions, let's just say, uh, then it's actually useful, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I was trying to think about like, is there anything else in like stack traces or something? But you'd always see the module name, so that's the only one I can think of that where it's like mm-hmm. it helps. But um, I understand the redundancy part. But like, I think sometimes if you have the idea with context, where it's like a context shouldn't necessarily only be a single kind of um, map directly to a single schema, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so you might have like accounts and inside of accounts you're dealing with users and maybe there's like devices or something where you register a device against a user or something like that Mm -hmm. so therefore like having the extra um identifier in the function isn't redundant it actually helps you understand what that function's doing but in your so in in that example would you have a devices context or in your users context you would say register device i would have something that groups those logically together so i would probably have uh, I, I would probably start off with like, let's just call it accounts because I feel like every single Phoenix app out there has an accounts context. Um, and inside of inside of accounts, I might just have like a single accounts module to start with um, until that got too big. And then I would break it out into separate things. Okay. So in that example, yeah. in accounts, you would register user and you would assign a device to a user. Exactly. Yeah. Got it. But, but like, and what that means is like accounts is now like the cross-cutting concern of everything to do with user registration or account management, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and devices are, let's just say, are a part of that. Um, 
But like eventually the problem is, is that those contexts get very large, right? Like you end up with the problem that you're, you're kind of describing, which is like, it's all, it's all well and good for a while where it's like everything goes there, you know, everything to do with managing user accounts is always in this one place. And then what happens is eventually that overflows and like, I don't know what the ideal module length is because I don't think there is one, right? Mm -hmm. I think there is a natural point where you start to say like, maybe one of those concepts gets too big. Let's just say like, let's say for for the example, like um, your signup context gets really, really large, right? Like your signup function and maybe it has to do a whole heap of other stuff. What I would think about there is like signups really big. So I'm going to take that and I'm going to move it into its own module, which is all about only signing up a user. And then I would extract the functions into there. Refactoring is really easy in Elixir, as we've said so, so many times in the past, because you're just hoisting functions from one place to another place, right? Um, And then that is now nicely self-contained. And like one thing I've seen people do in the past, if it even leave like a def delegate in the original place Mm -hmm. so that you don't actually have to add the module, um, the new module um, kind of prefix in there as well. You mean update all the call sites? Exactly. Yeah. 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 What do you think about that? Um, I mean, at that point, like you're just sort of saving yourself some work. Like you've introduced like a not real layer of abstraction. (laughs) <laughs> yeah yeah maybe um so you'd rather just update all the cool sites and like yeah because then i mean you've made your one module like you've made your one module smaller right uh but you uh, yeah I've, de- I've definitely just moved things into different drawers right i haven't like solved some ab- abstraction problem mm-hmm. or something you know like but mm-hmm but then, yeah, it gets back to like, well, what, you know, what have we achieved? Like, it just means we look at fewer things at once, right? Yeah. And I'm I'm kind of okay with that in the sense that I think seeing very, very large amounts of code in a file can still be very overwhelming. Um, obviously, there is that argument where it's like, well, it's super easy to find what you're looking for if it's all in like a single place. But like, at the same time, like, I think defining modules is helpful for, uh, for, for context as a human so you don't have to actually have this like information overload as well mm-hmm. and that, that, that to me is one of the main benefits here that's true i mean consider the case where how many times have you come across an application and you you need some function you go and you write it and then someone else comes along and they're like oh that already exists it's just over here <laughs> yeah and it's in a utils folder uh-huh <laughs> yeah yeah, so much. Yeah. So wait, is that an argument for or against putting everything in one place? Uh, I would say that that is an argument for better documentation. Okay. <laughs> I guess it doesn't matter because it get lost in a large file or it could get lost in a... Or, exactly. You know, like, and like, to be honest, like, those are the kinds of situations where it's like, maybe the original function wasn't well named because you're grepping for something similar and you never found it, right? Mm-hmm and or like there isn't good docs so you don't know where to go or you didn't find anything related anywhere else so you didn't understand that there was like a related set of content con- um kind of ideas all together in a module right like that and that like t- to be honest like that's always the problem with like shared helper libraries or some shit it's like a fucking dumping ground of shit that you you forget is there <laughs> Well, like how I do that in my own uh-huh. projects you know well like, there's a fine line between a dumping ground of shit and a module that does one like has one function in it, and yeah. um, a module of grouped related functions. Yes, totally. So totally. 
I, like I do I do really think like I I don't totally subscribe to like SRP like single responsibility pro, like principle here in Elixir but like, I do think that if you have modules that try and do a single grouping of a thing it can be quite useful right mm-hmm. like and your documentation can be all about like why it does that single grouping of a thing that's the other thing right docs all go together your tests all go together you know I I, I think like Modules for code organization makes a lot of sense to me in a, in a sense that like we are human dealing with lots of issues, like dealing with a lot of code is really complex and very difficult to deal with a lot of the time. So mm-hmm. trying to, I'm not I, like, I definitely don't subscribe to some like single function per module idea, but like related things living together, I think is really important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I don't even know what that means though, like for every single person, you know, because it differs, right? Like, Yeah, it's it's frustrating because... You end up with, uh, you know, and there's no rules, like you sort of make it up as you go. And at the end of the day, like, what does it matter? I mean, it matters if you think that you're losing time because of some cognitive complexity. Of course, the flip side is if you changed it, that would probably also be different for some similar reason reason, uh, going the other way. Um, I mean, it does kind of come back to like, there's, there's no silver bullet. You can make marginal improvements, but it's also frustrating because, um, if it doesn't matter, like, why do we argue about it? Mm. You know, if it does matter, then there should be a provable, like, this is superior in these circumstances. But we never have that. It's always like, well, it depends. And so... I, 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 I vaguely recall reading some, like, old CS papers about modularization of code. And I will try and put the links to them in the show notes if I can remember what they are. I think there's this paper by... Um, there's a really famous one by D. Parnas, I think. I can't... I'm, I cannot remember the gist of it, but I'm going to link to it and I'm going to hope that someone else can read it and summarize it and mm-hmm. take something away from this conversation as well. But there are there are reasons why like modularization of code is better. I think, but think about a diff as well, like when things change, right? Like having, having also, here's another good reason why modules are good. If you delete a whole feature and you can just delete a module, it's, it's a really nice clean diff, right? Mm-hmm. You can just be like, that whole thing has gone away now. Like, and maybe I have to change some cool sites. I'm not like, I don't pretend like that there is some idealistic world where there's only modules and you just delete that and everything's good, right? But um, I think that that can be a really nice thing, like writing code that's like really, really, really easy to delete, you know, and get rid of, given that all code is kind of debt and we need to think about that a lot. Mm-hmm. So I think there's another blog post about that I will mm. try and reference. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I can, I, I'm now flashing back to all the times that i've been in a file been in a module (laughs) and it's like where do i put this function just like does it go at the top does it go at the bottom does it go with similarly named functions yeah like are all of my private functions grouped with the public ones that they support (laughs) are they all at the bottom Uh, so i was always in this mindset where it was like public 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 and then all your private ones Mm -hmm. but i've actually moved away from that recently Ah. and i've started to do public and then private related ones and then shared private ones at the bottom got it and my rationale right now is like especially when it's a bit more complex and i'm using functions to kind of break down the complexity or do different branching i actually think it's much easier to be able to jump to it like immediately below the public function um like that is just pure personal preference though and again like that has to be like preference on a team right like that has to be like, what do we find easier to deal with? Because like, there's no real rhyme or reason, right? You can easily jump between functions otherwise. Like, 
Yeah. I just, but I think part of the challenge is if you're, I mean, yeah, I can jump, I can jump from one to the other. I can use like them folding or whatever to bring them in the same place, right. but it also kind of violate, like I'm a big proponent of locality mm-hmm. uh, and having things kind of right there if you're using them. And so, yeah, that's a, that's a pattern maybe we'll explore. Because then it's a little clear about where do I put new functions? Like, do I group it with something else? Do I just bolt them on at the bottom? Because then the next question is, where do I find these things again when I need them? Right, absolutely. And if you know it's just below or like there's a series of them there, mm-hmm. like, I think it can be really good. I, I will say though, like, I think there are times where like trying to keep everything in a single module can be like detrimental as well, right? Like sometimes where you're like, Let's let's just go back to that sign up example, right? Like I have my account sign up module and it has like a ideally we don't just have a sign up function in my sign up module because that that can kind of get repetitive to your point earlier. Mm-hmm. Um but let's say that we have we end up splitting and we have two different kinds of sign up. Like I I would argue at that point it might be a really good candidate for having an abstraction there where you have um each kind of sign up represented as a different module with a different set of functions, right? And then maybe you, and this is what I want your opinion on now, maybe if there's a shared set of functions between those modules, we actually start thinking about introducing the macro that can do a using macro and include those shared functions across all of them. Uh, the first thing I would reach for would be a shared like sign up helpers module, which would just be the yeah. sign up module. So, uh, you wouldn't go straight for the macro. You'd go like, uh, I'm trying to think why not. Uh, because in the, you know, in the past I may have done that, but when yeah. you said that my gut reaction was, Oh, I would have a like sign up module that would delegate to like user sign up or admin sign up or I don't know, user versus like producer signups and then they would have their different flow and if they had things that they both needed to do like i don't know verify the address of someone um, right. they will call out to just that that initial signups module mm-hmm. um, I, I guess where i was going with this question is like we're talking very much about like putting things in the right places right but it seems to me sometimes like a macro can just be like this crazy escape hatch where you can just inject code all over the place right like especially like a using macro mm-hmm. like i okay let's let's take like another really concrete example right like uh ecto ecto schemas i'm sure every i'm generalizing i'm sure a lot of apps out there have a uh def module my app dot schema with a using macro in it where you are mixing in a bunch of functions into every single module that you're calling, uh, mm-hmm. every single Ecto schema that you're using that have a bunch of shared functions in there, right? Why Why isn't that like a shared helper? Be- why, why are you using a macro there? Because I want to call those functions from external sources. Mm-hmm. I want to say like user.stuff and mm-hmm. have that included. Um, Couldn't you have said you could have piped in that thing into like a shared Ecto library. Let's just say like there is like a, I don't even know. I like I always tend to like end up having these like helper functions in my Ecto schemas. Mm-hmm. It's basically like with limit, um, you know, like, pa- like maybe there's some like pagination ones and then every single module now has those, but I could just be calling them from a single call site, right? Mm-hmm. I could be saying like shared queries dot 
with limit and then piping in the query into that like yeah you know it's like there is no real like i don't think there is a definitive like this is correct or this is incorrect it's just interesting to think about like code locality and like sometimes we say oh this is a like a shared module and sometimes we say oh this this set of functions is now actually like inside of this other module and now i can call it like it belonged to it you know yeah let's take a case where suppose you had a a schema and you wanted to change that function that just like took the params and um uh cast like approved ones right so that seems like something you might want to drop in with using the problem is you don't necessarily have the params ahead of time now you could pipe those into your using macro and have have it write that into the function for each of your schemas um but then i think i would say how do i want to call that i don't want to say like accounts.change set i want to say user.change set and right. in order to do that i have to i cannot use a shared function right so now you you have this perceived idea of like oh actually that function belongs to this module yeah as, because it, it's like cleaner aesthetically to think about it as being there right yeah as like, opposed to like suppose i had some shared validation you know mm -hmm. a couple people need to validate a, a phone number um I would not include that in a using thing. I would just have like, you know, shared validators dot phone number or phone validator dot call or something right. that everyone that needed it would, would call out to. Mm -hmm. So what's the difference there? Um, it's, are you calling this like internally or are you calling it as like from an external call site? Like if I'm in my user schema, I don't really care if I'm saying like, oh, I want to treat this validate phone number as an internal function. Like I'm happy to call it in my validators and uh -huh. and it's confined to inside the user schema. Whereas if I am outside, like in a controller or in a context, um, I want to say like user dot change set, like I'm changing the user. It's not just like schema dot like some generic schema, like give me a change set. Uh, and then I sort of know, like, okay, this is calling the user function. Because mm. that, I think, I, that's weird I, to me. The problem is, is, like, that breakdown for me is, like, I, I, I mix public... I I, um, I use using macros to import a bunch of public functions onto ectoschemas all the time, and I call them from outside of themselves, mm -hmm. you know? So, like, I get it in theory. It's just, to me, it's, like... I, I, think, I think, like, this might be one of the, like... The, the moments where it's like, well, like, when do you use, like, a shared helper versus, like, this other thing? And I guess it's like, I guess there might be this logic, which is, like, when there's a disparate set of things using it, you would just call it from a module rather than using a macro the whole time. So, like, in the Ecto example I had before, like, it's always a schema, right? So these are all very schema-related things that you're, you're like kind of injecting into it. In the validator, that might be called from a couple of different places, right, in theory. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's even true, but maybe it gets called from a couple of different places, so I want to call it as like a helper module instead, mm -hmm. something like that. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of I don't know. I, yeah, <laughs> I don't think there's like a good rhyme or reason, but... Um, let's let's rewind all the way back to where we started with your code problem around structure. Like, what are you thinking now? Now that we've just gone on this rabbit hole, down this rabbit hole. Uh, my main takeaway is to put private functions beneath the public functions they support. 
Okay. Um, that's one. I mean, I think part of it is that we have created a couple of contexts where we shouldn't have contexts. Okay. Um, so maybe merge those things together or... Yeah. Like- and I mean, I do want to consolidate a couple of these. Like we have, um, we have a concept called an enrollment where a borrower can mm-hmm. enroll in a new repayment plan. And then those enrollments have events that come in. You know, it's submitted, it's pending, it's processing, it's canceled, and so forth. So right now, those events are their own module. Each event? Uh, no, there's like an enrollment event module that handles okay. like, oh, a new event came in, like, let's add it to an enrollment. Uh-huh. Um, and I think I, I think we might want to move those to the the up a level to the enrollments module and then just have like an add event function Mm -hmm. could that be a protocol could it be a protocol um could you have structs for each event type and then uh part of the cooler there is like let's say it's like a i don't know what's one of these events give me a name uh created and submitted we'll use those two examples so Let's say let's say you have a struct called enrollment created that has a bunch of properties on it, mm-hmm. right? Now I could have an enro- an enrollment event handler where that always gets. Um, I could do like a I don't know enrollment events protocol that has a, a handler function or something like add event or something like that mm-hmm. that would I would now implement that protocol for each type of event in my system. I would have this nice kind of. I would have basically um, a module effectively that handles just that one thing, right? So like enrollment created, there would be a protocol implementation for that. And then it receives the enrollment and it does whatever it needs to do. But you've got a really nice separation then of saying that um, every event gets handled in its own very discrete path, Mm. you know? Mm -hmm. They all conform to the same kind of, um, the same prototype. So they can, you know, share this kind of, protocol it's a little different because we have one like enrollment event struct but that has sort of like different types like because that maps to different types in the database but you could though if they if they map to different types in the db then you could very easily turn them into their own structs yeah that that doesn't bias that much other than i mean we could just like the protocols well yeah Yeah. i mean we could destructure the struct in a function head and say well is an enrollment event of type create it or type submit it. it right but i guess going back to our point before about like you know long code versus short code and like containing things in single places right that's that's the advantage there which is like effectively the protocol implementation is really just doing different function heads right mm-hmm. it's it's really just saying like pattern match on this one do but you but you're breaking that out into its own place to make it very very clear and very explicit about the fact that it's only dealing with this one part mm-hmm. so yeah could be interesting there yeah but um we'll see you know like it depends (laughs) and i mean one of my concerns is that we we do this heavy lifting and we try it out and then it's like yeah this isn't that much better like now this other thing sucks um which you know it doesn't mean you you shouldn't try anything i i I think the point that really resonated with me from what you said before is like we're still really young in our code base and we haven't necessarily figured out what the concepts are and like that to me is like Oh yeah, then like have less things, not more, mm-hmm. right? Like 
because I think having less things means that you kind of like tease apart where the context lines are and say like, oh, actually, this is a related set of functionality. Now we can break this apart, right? But like, if you do that too early, as we both know, you end up in a place where you're trying to reconsolidate things later. Mm -hmm. And that can be really difficult if you've got too many types already in the beginning. And you're like, then you're in the problem that you're in now, which is like, oh, do I put this here or here? Because these two things are really related, but like, and that's just because you haven't defined them well. Yeah, right? it's like, why am I even making this decision? Why are they in two places in the first place? Yeah, yeah just like fucking lump it together and deal with it later, right? That's like, right. That's my plan. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I and I, th- I think that's a, it's a really, really solid plan. Early in a code base, like, don't try and like be an architecture astronaut and like get everything nailed like on day zero. You know, like there might be some very, very clear concepts on day zero, mm-hmm. right? There, there really might be, and like. A really good initial separation with context is always like, I have accounts and I have the other thing. Right. The other thing is like whatever your business does, right? <laughs> <laughs> like whatever that is. I don't know what that is, but like it might be enrollments. It might be loan processing. I don't right. know. It might be like... Et cetera. What, like, yeah, exactly. So like start there and then work outwards. Yeah, I like the idea of an et cetera module. <laughs> yeah. Well, I always do like, I do libshared. Uh-huh. And talking about the dumping ground, yeah, that's my dumping ground, yeah. you know. Live dump, Sorry. okay. The dump. Well, I think we should probably wrap up there, folks. We um, talked about organization. Um, Desmond had a takeaway, which is cool. I'm glad that you had a takeaway from it. So mm-hmm. um, if you have ideas about how you're doing this and we are not subscribing to those ideas, um, we would definitely love to hear from you. Uh, we've all got some more time on our hands so if you want to have very long lengthy internet debates about code modularization and organization now is the time folks um, so yeah get in touch with us um, you can do that at twitter.com forward slash elixir talk or you can open up a github issue on our um, slightly defunct github issues page which is github.com forward slash elixir talk forward slash elixir talk um, As always, wherever you're getting this podcast today, we would love a rating or review. Um, Please hit that five-star button and leave some kind words for us. Uh, And yeah, I guess that's all we've got time for today on the show. We've reached the end. I've been Chris Bell. I'm still Desmond Bowie. And keep Keep elixirin'. elixirin'.